Hi, my name is Bill Bryant. I'm the CEO, founder of Foundation Studio. You're listening to The App Guy. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, The App Guy. Welcome to another episode of The App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. This is the show where we introduce you to some of the best Uh, app developers, entrepreneurs, people really getting involved in the app world, doing some really amazing creative things. And so what I like to do is get the guests, uh, interview them for your benefit and uh, find out what we can learn from them so they can help us in our app journeys. So if you are an inspiring entrepreneur, app apppreneur or if you're doing stuff on the the park time as side projects this is the this is a podcast for you and uh, I'm going to introduce uh, our guest his name is uh, Danish Balachandran and he is the uh, founder of Sortly app so if uh, you just pause the podcast go and check out uh, you can search for it Sortly app in fact you can actually type that into uh, the website and he's got one of the best uh, website landing pages I've seen for uh, for an app. So, uh, Danish, it's a, a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Paul. And very nice talking to you. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a lovely app. Uh, t- tell us a bit of the uh, the journey of the app. How did you get up, get the idea, and uh, make it happen? Um, sure. So uh, it was a couple of years ago when uh, one of my close friends. Um, he is one of the messiest friends I I know. I mean, he, he can't find anything in his house. And it's always a mess. So then on one fine day, he was trying to find something. And then it hit me that why can't we have an app uh, that people can search? It's essentially a search engine. When you when you find things in Google, it takes only a few seconds. But when you try to find something in your house, it takes forever. Uh, so that's when the idea was born. Um, it's been, it was sitting in my back closet for a while. But then when I had an opportunity to leave my job, to do something new, exciting from uh, when I was working at Intel and to do something exciting after that, um, I started learning the app and and thus my journey began and oh, I wrote the app. Yeah. W- what an amazing idea. And, you know, I can imagine that a lot of people listening to this now have exactly that pain point. I think the first thing I've learned from you is pain points are all around us, but we don't sometimes put the two together in thinking of an app that can solve that particular pain point but I just had that pain point this morning <laughs> I'm yeah, always losing just, stuff exactly and, and keys apparently the keys are the, the most uh, you know lost things that people people find in their lives and, and you can find it in google the number of uh, search hits on you know I lost my keys <laughs> that's the highest there <laughs> yeah. so tell us then uh, you had the idea it was two years ago you had a messy friend and you you had your kind of moment where you thought yeah this is this is a great idea for an app uh, what what happened next um so uh, so i mean i i was in fact i mean this is i i was a i was a marketing guy back then i was a marketing guy at intel you know thinking about long term how do we do how do we win against ipad and etc uh, no no coding i've not touched coding i mean i'm an engineer uh, but I haven't touched coding in seven, seven and a half years. I did my MBA. So, I mean, there's this rule that, you know, you're a business guy, you should be a business guy. So I did take that to my heart. I was looking for engineers to code the app, um, didn't find any. So then I said, hey, you know, I'm a great engineer myself. And, and if I can envision something 
I want to execute it myself so that even if I give it to an engineer, it may not turn out the way I wanted. So I wanted to build my build the first prototype. So I actually started learning iOS coding uh, from a course uh, from uh, that's offered from Stanford, a free course that's available in iTunes. So I started that. I religiously did all the you know fourteen classes, and then uh, and then I started uh, you know coding the app. And the and the thing I realized is that for for the vision that I had for the app, I had to start at the advanced level, which is core data. And and to me, I needed to finish the course and then needed to learn, spend a little bit more time on how do you, how do things in core data, you know, with photos, et cetera, in there with, with you know highest performance. So spent quite a bit of time, you know, experimenting it. And then I started coding the app and I released it in June twenty twelve. Wonderful. So you did you were you working at the time or did you actually solely focus on this or was it a side project for you? Um, I I was working uh, until June 20, uh, sorry, Jan 2011. I mean, sorry, end of December. Uh, and then I left uh, on Jan 2012 uh, in terms of we, we uh, from Intel just to focus on doing something else, given that I'm in Bay Area. So I did leave my job at Intel and then wanted to do something else. Oh, so this is really inspiring because we have had people listening to the show who have also been in that predicament of uh, leaving. And, and so you actually left before your app was on the app store. Or you had any faith that it was going to generate any money for you? Uh, true. Uh, partly, I mean, uh, to, to, uh, to, you know, to justify my leaving, actually. So we, uh, I worked out a package with Intel where uh, I, you know, I got some severance package out of that. So I did have a cushion, if you will, to, to experiment on my own, either to do the app or to, you know, find the next job, etc. And it was a voluntary, so I I chose to leave, and and that was uh, so 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 it was not immediate without you know just burning through the savings, but I did have some cushion, but I did take the leap in terms of uh, find doing a soul searching of you know what do I want to do next? I'm I've not been very happy with what I was doing at at Intel, and then so so then this was uh, this was an opportunity that presented itself, and then I I made the most of it. Well. I have to say that we have a very shared experience because uh, I was also in a job that was originally very good and then went downhill a bit, or I certainly uh, changed my focus. I didn't feel like I had any purpose. And the actual leaving part was uh, actually quite a difficult decision, or it felt like a difficult decision until you actually start becoming an entrepreneur and and doing all the things that you actually were doing uh, voluntarily, uh, uh, in a, it's not actually called work anymore. But but I had also the cushion of a, a financial severage package because I I did leave voluntarily, and uh, I would encourage anybody listening to this right now if you are thinking about changing, certainly uh, build up as much savings as you can because that will be a great cushion for you to not have to jump in and 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 take something that is uh, you know second best for you. Uh, sure, and I support our spouse as well. <laughs> I had the luxury to have my wife support me and making this journey in, in her having her confidence in her supporting the family until at least the, uh, just two of us right now. So supporting the two of us until I find something new. So, yeah. yeah, well, again, another shared experience. My wife uh, was very supportive. And I think, again, it's do you, do you agree that you need that supportive uh, oh, network absolutely. around you? Absolutely, absolutely. Otherwise, I mean, it, it becomes struggle. You are in a timeline already. You are under pressure, and 
and if you have added pressure and actually it uh, you need you need absolute focus on what you want to do so these are all will become distractions when you have all these additional pressures so if there is a supportive spouse a supportive friends all of them definitely helps ease the the stress that you would under you would be under in 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 order to achieve something you know a deadline or whatever well i'm already inspired beyond belief and uh, your journey so far and uh, and i guess what it was january uh, 2012 uh, and then you you had 6 months until launch uh, you learned this whole stuff yourself did you outsource any part of the app development side of it uh no no i to me um to me, I, I believe, I mean, I, I used to be a developer. I used to self-learn a lot of things, you know, back in the day when I was uh, in 10th grade or 10th standard. And uh, and to me, uh, I used to read C, C++ books when I just, just you know, as a bedtime book. So, so for me, coding, coding <laughs> I, I, love, I love coding. And, and to me, I, I'm actually an electronics engineer by, uh, by trade, if you will. Um, but I learned computer science on the side all the time. So, so to me, um, this was a challenge in terms of how do I execute to my vision, right? I mean, to me, to me, for me, it's it's what what, what I'm thinking. I want to execute it as per that. So I want to do my first revision myself, um, just to prove that you know it 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 works, etc. So I did that and I released the the app, and in a couple of days it hit top fifty. Right. As soon as I released the app, I mean, I did I did pull a trick where I I started with the priced version and then I dropped uh, it to free and then that uh, that did the trick. But it hit top fifty productivity and and an app took off. Um, but but then yeah, to to your question, um, it it was all me uh, in terms of my first version. Uh, just trying to get whatever you know views etc that i could in in the way i could think of by you know it is more the crudest app that you could <laughs> you could think of mm-hmm. without any visual design uh, was the first version but we, i guess uh, they call that minimum viable product and uh, you know that the, one of the most common questions i seem to be getting right now from many of the listeners the apps to tribe as i like to call them uh, is is about launch strategy and uh, i would love to go a little bit deeper into your launch strategy because you mentioned there a little trick of uh, a price to free Um, i'm guessing that is on the apple store i know you can't do that on the google play store Uh, you can't switch but uh what what was the first week or two like for you then when you actually launched the app uh i mean uh, you know as a first uh first time app developer you you always have this dream of oh it's gonna take off and and even if a million people download it's uh, 99 cents i'm gonna make a million bucks out of it <laughs> it was yeah. all my dreams as well and all the math and well, it's well, you and every listener listening to this has the same dreams yeah. as well absolutely but we like to be you know as real as we can Dinesh, and anything you can do you know it's a genuine podcast we, we try and you know, be authentic with the with, with the realization that that doesn't happen to everybody. So, uh, share away, my friend. What happened over the, the the first few weeks then of launch? Yeah, and and it's actually only three days. I mean, to me, to me, I'm a very impatient guy. I, I have to see things moving. <laughs> and, right. and and for me, I I looked at three days and I was like, man, nothing is going to happen uh, with like you know tens and fifteens downloads. Uh, the the discoverability was an issue immediately. Uh, I saw uh, the, the app name back then was My Things. Where are they? That was a long name, <laughs> as well. Um, and and to me, uh, 
to me, I immediately saw that it, it was getting drowned in terms of discoverability and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, then I thought, you know, hey, let me, let me drop the price. And for me, for me, it's the, it's the users, number of users are more important than the, than the, than the dollar amount that I'm going to get. Because for me, I have bigger plans for with a larger number of users than, than, you know, sustaining myself. So, uh, so to me, I dropped the price and I think, uh, uh, several of the, uh, the lists, app lists picked it up saying there's a drop in price, uh, and and that's when I think it hit. Uh, from then on, it 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 even crossed uh, uh, one of the browsers, one of the popular browsers back then. So basically, top fifty productivity apps. It went. It touched thirty number thirty five. Uh, in so it was like intense, if you will, uh, before the price drop. You know, 10, 15, 20 downloads to uh, in a couple of days, twenty five thousand downloads. Uh, <laughs> So, wow. so yeah, yeah. So it was night and day, and and there are customers who whom uh, who who came to us and during that time are still customers with us. So that's uh, that's not just. I mean, I mean the the other phenomena that happens is you you do get these bumps and then and then afterwards it dies down, and that that does happen to us. So right now it's much more much 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 more modest uh, downloads, but still I think that that kind of gave you the the bump that that you know an assurance that hey this is not something that uh, uh, that people will throw away people do want this app it's just that you know it's for free and people are downloading it so that that gave me the first initial assurance that this app is needed right it, it, there is some place in this world for this app yes yeah, so we've, we've spoken to many app developers on this show and uh, what's become very apparent is the, the so important the first seven days are in the app store and what what I've just learned from you as well, in summary, is that if you start with a fairly high price uh, to go in that that to, and then after three days drop that to free, then those uh, those robots picking it up, you know, the the massive discount will actually then possibly list that, and and that could get picked up uh, on a lot of the the browsers and the websites that cover the apps, and 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 figure out, oh, look at this huge discount that now is uh, available. Uh, and then that's how you get lots of your downloads. True. Yeah. True. Well, that that's great. That's a good lesson. So, would would you have any comments about how important the first seven days are? Did you find that it was vitally important to get to that twenty five thousand per day download? Um, I, I I definitely do think that the first seven days are are important, and so so is the the next seven. I mean, next next month as well, because I think the Google uh, takes a while for you to. Uh, to for it to learn etc about your app uh, in terms of search engines uh, but the first seven days I think if I were to go go back and do it all over again I would I would spend more time in preparing for that seven days right uh, today I mean I didn't I didn't do any preparation I just pushed it to the app store and then I was hoping to make that million dollars right yeah well uh, that's like that's the mo- the most common mistake I see people making and and I do summarize many of these. Um, I've, I've got five big themes coming out of the 180 odd episodes we've done on the show, and uh, and one of them is to uh, launch to a ready-made audience. Uh, you know, irris- irrespective of what actually happens on the app store, if you can get an audience that's so already there, then uh, they'll download it, and they won't, even though they don't see it on the charts. 
Exactly, exactly. And and I think, uh, and, and, and a lot more preparation in terms of, you know, press, if you will, if you have some buzzworthy app and, and et cetera, I think that that helps as well. Um, though, you know, getting that press, if you, if you're nobody without, without any traction, et cetera, is, is difficult. Uh, but, you know, the smaller, uh, the lower end of, you know, the app listing uh, people, app reviewers uh, might help. Uh, so that's what I would do going back, doing a little bit more preparation, having having my list of ready-made audience plus, you know, press would have been the one I would do. Because I'm guessing when you changed the name, you didn't actually uh, relaunch or or uh, put a new app in. You just uh, changed the name on the App Store. Uh, that is right. So I did the re- renaming of the app only recently, right? I did it in uh, April of this year. I mean, so so the story goes. I mean, I I did I did launch the app, and then uh, um, and then it it went in the back burner for a while. I mean, I had to go back uh, uh, to the workforce, and uh, primarily because I wanted to understand how do you, how do you start a startup and how do you do a startup. So I actually worked for a startup after I launched the app. End of that year, I went and worked for a startup for one year, completely from 2012 to 2013, understanding how do you raise funding, how do you hire, how do you, essentially, how do you survive as a startup in the Bay Area, in the Silicon Valley? Um, so that that's what I did for a year. So the app went in the back burner. And then last September last year, I actually quit that job as well. And full-time, right now, I'm doing, uh, doing the app. Uh, and this time with savings and whatnot, is is what I'm burning through with some contracting on the side. So so the his so basically uh, the renaming I did earlier this year and and in, the reason for that is you know the name was long earlier name was wrong and when I did the renaming um, it, it we we did launch we used a branding firm we did do a small launch with the existing customers etc but nothing nothing large and we did not uh, launch another app. Well, this is great stuff. It really is because I think many people listening to you right now, the thought of just going into work for a startup. I mean, startups expect you to go to come and go, and uh, just to get that valuable experience. It must have been an amazing year, uh, and then coming out and, and then focusing on your own thing as well. It's probably a good idea to talk about the app <laughs> because we've gone. I've obviously got a little bit sidetracked because your journey is so inspiring, but it would be useful to just understand. Uh, how the app actually does sort your life out, your your stuff around the house. Um, sure. So, uh, so the the app in itself is uh, to to draw parallels to it is uh, think of files and folders, right? In in your computer, you, know, you have you have your files and in uh, sorry, you have your folders, and inside your folders, you have your files. So similarly, I think the the hierarchy of that lies all around it. So you have you live in your home. Inside your home, you have your bedroom. Inside your bedroom, you have your closet, and inside that, you have things. So, uh, so that's the idea that that kept on coming in my mind, and so that's how I designed the app. So, you would start with a, you know, a super location, if you will, a location which you can call it. You can pick and choose whatever you wanted. It's it could be your home, it could be your work, it could be a garage, it could be a storage unit, anything you want. You could you could pick that as a location, and then you could say. Here's my sublocation. So it's my bedroom, it's my sublocation, and inside my bedroom there is a closet. That's another sublocation that goes inside my bedroom. So once you map this out, then you can still say what 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 is in each of these locations. 
right? So in my closet, I have, you know, my watch, my, uh, you know, my jewelries, etc. Or uh, on my bedroom, there is a bed, there is a wall clock, there is a whatnot. So, so you can map all of these in the app. And you can, as you're typing, of course, we have autocomplete and you can take photographs of all of these things as well. So it's essentially becomes a, you know, a file folder type of situation where even the folders you can take photographs of. So you can take a photograph of the home, you can take a photograph of the bedroom, et cetera. And, and that becomes your hierarchy. It's essentially a hierarchical database, if you will. And with that, whatever you type, actually you can search. So, hey, where's my, you know, that watch that I've been looking for or in the garage, that's one particular tool. I don't know where I put it. So you search for it. Then it'll the, the app will tell you exactly where in inside your home, inside your garage, inside your you know the third uh, you know drawer. That's where your tool is. Right? So that's the simple. Yeah, it is amazing idea, and uh, you know what is astonishing is just how many how popular that is with people uh, documenting all these things around them, and uh, you know going through the. I guess it's quite a high level of. Uh, work to, to get everything documented uh, so, so that it becomes usable that is correct that is correct and actually that is one of the one of the big barriers uh, of the app uh, is in terms of and and that's the challenge that i that we try to overcome every every time when we release a new version right so today uh today the the people who are using the app have so much pain in their life in terms of the number of things or uh, like for example one customer uh, he has two homes and and she has no idea what's in her other home or in the location <laughs> home so right. so for her for her an hour or even for us we make it so easy so a half an hour spending in putting this thing in our app can save enormous number of time whenever she goes back etc right so for them the time saving is 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 well worth the time invested in the f- very first time and for us the challenging is challenge has always been how do i make it simpler how do i Remove that one more click. How do I make it, you know, faster, right? So, so we do have as as the technology evolves, right? You know, the input technologies, say for example, HomeKit, say for example, voice technologies. We want to keep pushing that limit in terms of how quickly can you update or enter, uh, edit the edit these things is is what we keep we keep looking at. Well, I have to remember uh, when we finish this call to introduce you to one of the previous guests who. Uh, is, is has the world's fastest uh, image recognition and uh, is incorporating that into apps and makes it easy to, to put into apps and that sounds like it would be a really good addition to your uh... uh, absolutely yes please i would love to <laughs> yeah. i've looked at several yes yeah no it does sound like a good connection that would be and and that's the thing you know we've spoken with other people on the show that that said the that one of the hardest things is to get uh, users to commit to the app and so there is a fairly a big drop off with usability, uh, especially after thirty days. Getting people over that thirty day hurdle it means that they're, they're your core users and they're the ones I guess you need to focus on. Do you do you see a, a, a big drop off then from the initial download to seven days to thirty days and, and people coming back? Um, so I this is where I think uh, we we slightly define it in a different way than uh, people coming back. To to me to to us our app is a it's like a storage, uh, safe, secure, uh, you know, just like a safe in your house. We, we think of our app as a safe in your, in your phone, right? So for us, 
it you don't you don't go to your safe every day to see if, if your, all the valuables are there, right? So similarly for us, as long as we capture most of your life within the app and and make it searchable, make it useful. Uh, for us, it's the number of things that people store is where how we measure ourselves. So so we do so we do see you know uh, users storing you know one or two things and then not coming back. To once people have stored ten things. And and once they have stored 10 things, and what we have seen is that from that point on, they go to 50 pretty quickly. The high rate of conversion from 10 to 50 is actually very high. It's just to get to that 10 in terms of getting that hurdle of uh, how do I get this person to even start doing the organization work uh, is being the challenge. And, and we are trying to address in a lot of different ways, uh, you know, encouraging even... Uh, there are there are several uh, ways to even, even giving them some incentive, you know, a dollar or two to do it uh, because the data is worth uh, work for us later on. So so we have several ideas there. Uh, but 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 you're right. I mean, for us, it's the challenge of getting getting the first few people to commit longer to enter enter in, more things is is what is the challenge. Well, what I'm learning from you here, Danush, is that. Uh, there's different stats for different apps and uh, it really does depend on the usability of your app. And uh, of course, you know, what, what is obvious now is that uh, if people have like gone to the effort of putting a lot of stuff in there, 50 plus entries, then they're not going to go back to that every day. But then when they do need the app, it's there and it's useful and, and uh, you've, you've managed to get into their consciousness and so, absolutely yeah. absolutely and and what we have seen is that once they do it um the if if i if for some reason of course you know for for a rare chance of us breaking the app and it's not being able to open i get screams from customers right so so it's it's become part of their lives where where if if they can't find that stuff uh, what they put in um, it's uh, it, it it so it, it tells me that it's uh, the the app is is all the more important in their lives once they once they have stored this information. Have you thought about monetization strategies for the future? Uh, we have, uh, and and I think this is where we we are trying a couple of different things. One is the ad model is there for the future once we have. Of course, the whole world storing uh, <laughs> their stuff, and I, it, we we do need scale for any ad models. Well, I'm just well. I have to say that we've got another section to get through, which is um, coming up with some good ideas. I have to say, I've got a good idea for you for monetization, which is, of course, if you've got uh, you know people's th- things, then you know clearly you can see if they need an upgrade or if there's something that's better that they should be owning, then you could just make those polite suggestions through notifications, push Absolutely. notifications. Absolutely. So recommendations, product recommendations. And and for us, uh, so this is this is the this is the fine line we have to walk, right? Which is, you know, uh, if, uh, based based on my conversations with our customers, not ma- very many of them are interested in opening up the data. Right, not very many of them are are open to for the privacy reasons. Well, it's so, pretty obvious, yeah. I mean, not many obvious. people want to promote how much valuables they've got in the house, yeah. Exactly. So, so we do have two options, right? So, we do have an option. Already, it's launched. Where uh, if you if you pay dollar a month, uh, not not a whole lot. And in fact, you can pay even forty dollars, forty US dollars for the lifetime of it. And and we we completely encrypt the data, just like you know, first pass, uh, last pass kind of stuff, where we absolutely 
AES-256, nobody else can look inside uh, uh, the data, uh, both the photographs and uh, the, your data. So that, that's what goes to the cloud. And in that way, even I can't look inside what you own. And in that way, uh, you know, we, 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 get our mon- we get our monetization and you get your security. Uh, and in that way, it's a win-win for both of us. Right. But but if you're a free user, then uh, then we, we would we would uh, we would we would essentially do what you were suggesting, Paul, which is, you know, product recommendations based on not by going through each and every one of your item, but essentially looking at an aggregate, what type of user you are, what might excite you, et cetera, and then product recommendations. So these are the two monetizations we were thinking about. Partnerships is another one that may that that would also make sense to us. The moment you have all your stuff. Uh, moving company might look at it and say, hey, this is how much it would cost to move this stuff for you or insurance company might look at it and say, hey, this is what, how much it would insure. So a lot of lot of different uh, uh, strategies we are pursuing uh, right now. And and uh, and it's it's all interesting, definitely. Well, this is what I love about the app world is that there's no a prepared path for you. And I think that's what the Appster tribe listening to this right now have to remember that, for example, you know, you've got this app here and uh, there's just so many different ways you could take it and uh, there's so many opportunities for you because I can imagine that, you know, companies potentially advertising, you know, would love to know all the things that we own because we can build up a profile of somebody in quite a deep way if we knew exactly all the stuff that they own. You know, do they own a fishing rod, for example? Let's sell them some fishing stuff and that kind of thing. So, uh yeah, well, that's what I love, I love about this app world. It's like you would never have predicted that when you first came up with the idea. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I think for me, I started as a simple, you know, hey, how can I, how can my friend find some stuff, right? And well, um, before we say goodbye, one of the things that uh, we like to do on the show is called the App Guy Podcast, and we would love to know one or two apps that you have on your smartphone. Uh, that perhaps you think we haven't come across before. And so would you be able to give us an insight? I'm guessing your phone is within reach. Most uh, guests. Uh, sure, yeah. 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 Perhaps you could pull it out, pull it out and uh, have a look and see if there's any apps that you think would be worth mentioning on the show. Uh, one, one app that I've been a big fan of and it recently got its recognition is actually Alien Blue. Um, I'm a big fan of Reddit and... Uh, and I used to, this is a client for Reddit where, where you can read all the Reddit uh, subreddits in this app. And it, it was recently acquired by Reddit itself. Uh, it's called Alien Blue. Um, and then the other one. Um, you know, is- I, I actually used to use that. And uh, that, that was a third party client for Reddit, wasn't it? And, That's and, correct. Yes. Uh, imp- I remember oh, it was a while ago now I used it. So the usability of that, was it improved? Is it fairly easy to get to the Reddit stuff? It is, it is, and and I think they they have made it so simple and easy enough uh, right now um, that that see the the largest challenge in Reddit is is the amount of stuff that's in Reddit and how do you boil it down to a small screen, right? And I think they have done a really good job of uh, of doing that uh, in terms of the user experience, etc. Uh, that it doesn't get in your way. Um, and and again, hey, the recognition is that you know Reddit themselves bought bought that company. And now it's the official mobile app is your Alien Blue. And I, I have to say that, you know, if you're listening to this, then it clearly 
one of the uh, strategies you could follow is just be, to build a really good third-party app for a, a growing company or a very successful company because there's the potential you could get taken over. <laughs> True, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> what was the other one, Danush? Uh, the, other one, the other one I use is Feedly. Um, that's a that's a feed app um, again a news a news feeds kind of app. This is more for RSS uh, reading um, and and it's for mostly for news. So I use this a lot to in terms of uh, uh, again uh, a lot of lot of news. They boil it down to you know a few screens for you to uh, to read through. I, I know there are a lot of other apps out there. I haven't tried all of them. All of them. I think Feedly is still. I'm using it, but I'm going to it more in the recent days i'm going to it more often so i've, I've been happy with it well i have to say this has been an absolutely exceptional episode uh, again we've had some shared experiences and i've learned an enormous amount from you and i know the listeners have as well how best can we reach out I and mean, just to remind people listening uh, you can go to the appguy.co go to episode 187 and you'll see all the links to these things that we're talking about and finally, it just leaves me to just ask you then, how, how best can we reach out and connect to you, Danesh? Um, uh, so to, the founders at sortlyapp.com would, would be the email. And we are in, in Twitter, sortly, at sortlyapp, and of course in Facebook, sortlyapp as well. Um, so you can connect through, through all of those. Great. That's wonderful. Well, again... Thank you very much for joining us uh, from the Bay Area there and uh, and sharing your journey. It's just so inspiring. I'm sure that a lot of people kind of relish the, the, the opportunity to do what you've done. Thank you very much for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Paul. It was, it was great talking to you. Thanks. Bye.